Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. to another episode of Who I Do, the podcast that is going to realistically tell you how social media is impacting your wedding planning process, whether you are a bride or a vendor. And today we have a very, very special guest on the show, someone we wanted to have on the show for such a long time, but we're so excited. She has blessed us today. Guess, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I told you before, I'm fangirling. So just as much as you wanted me on the show, I wanted to be on the show, but I'm so excited to be here with you today and your listeners. My name is Alicia Freeman. I am the owner and lead planner slash designer with 120 West. Um, It's a wedding planning and event planning company based out of coastal Virginia. Um, I got my start in New York, so I still have a presence there. Um, and so we serve couples who are interested in modern and chic and unique events along the East Coast. We'll travel to, um, but the majority of our clients are here on the East Coast. Well, we are so excited to have you on today. I know I shouted you out a long time ago, so we're just happy. It's like a full circle moment. Thank you so much. Yes, we we got our first shout uh, way back in, what was that, 2020 or 2021? Um, under so, a different yeah. company name. I was I, I, It was confusing for folks. I branded myself as the Productionista, but then with the state, I named myself Productionista Events. So I went by a few mm. names. Um, but, you know, as time goes on and, you know, things change, you... I guess my clients, my clientele kind of helped me narrow and and get clearer on my brand. And so I just very recently rebranded with the help of a designer, um, got really clear on who I was and who I wanted to be in this industry. And so this name 120 West is actually a nod to my address growing up in Harlem on 120 West 112th Street. Um, And so I wanted to, even though I physically picked up and moved my residence to Virginia, I still wanted to pay homage to my New York roots. So there we have that. (laughs) I love that. Yes. And I was going to ask you too, what inspired the name? So that's perfect. Thank you. And when I tell my family, my immediate family, my my father in particular, it took him a second and he was like, I love that. Like I was going, I was struggling. I had so many different options in my head. It was almost the hosted affair. And one of my mentors was like, you don't want to mix a fair and a wedding planning company. I was like, so, you know, um, connected to that name. But eventually I was like, okay, maybe, maybe that's good. Sometimes people don't, you know, sometimes you don't see your own blind spots and other people do. Um, but eventually I got to this and I was like, oh no, this is perfect. Like 120 West is it. This is it. This is it. 
It's uniquely you. I love that. Yeah, but then also like 120 West, like that just sounds like next level, like yeah. sleek and very sophisticated. You know, what? like yeah. yes, yes. So I love it. I love it. Thank you, thank you. And and I was super. One thing about hiring a designer, so like sometimes you just gotta hire the pros, right? Like I did my original brand by myself, and it was good for what I needed it for in the first three years of business. And then I got with a professional who helped me get really clear on what my brand was. And I was super, I was super um, intentional about, and this is no knock to anyone, but I did not want to use the term luxury is so overdone in our industry. There are some folks who are legit luxury. There are some who are ultra luxury. The rest of us are somewhere in between, right? And I just did not want to use luxury, but I Mm -hmm. did like chic you know, sophisticated, um, you know, classic and timeless, but also some grit and some edge. And when I pulled together what I wanted the brand to look like, the name matched. It just, it was, it was like kismet at that point, but it took a while to get there. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Well, you've answered a lot of the questions I would have had to get us started. (laughs) So we are going to dive straight into everyone's favorite part of the show, which is this or that. And for those that are listening for the first time, this or that is like the Instagram game where you pick between one option or the other and explain why. And because Alicia is our very special guest, she's going to go first and then it'll be Tania's turn. And then I'll answer as we circle back around. So I feel like the first question should be, fairly easy. Just think about it from planning your own or what you would prefer. But what would you prefer to find on social media? Would you prefer to find your venue or would you prefer to find your content creator? Oh, easy, easy. Content creator. I say that because I actually am in the planning state. Well, not quite yet. Um, I just got engaged. So very exciting. Yay. Um, I did clock it, but I I, I didn't want to say nothing. So I was just like, (laughs) I mean. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. I'm less than than 30 days in. So all the advice that I give to my clients about not rushing into planning immediately, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my own advice. So it's funny, I actually did not think to look for venues on social media yet. That's not to say that it wouldn't happen, but I definitely have been thinking about content creators and I know that there's an interesting shift happening in the industry, right? I think some folks don't love it so much and others do, and I'm somewhere on the do side. I do enjoy it. Um, So I've already been eyeing some folks, but yeah, I think when I think to start looking for venues, my mind immediately goes to either who have I worked with or search engines. You don't think of search engines for content creators, right? Because it's such a new space. So definitely content creators for who I would like to find on social media. Good answer, Tania. I'm going to say the opposite. I will say the venue. I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I guess when I got married, 
I was like, oh, Ashley's going to be my content creator. So <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's going to be the one. <laughs> so, I mean, they call, well, she was my matron of honor. Um, but still, you know, she was still working my wedding. And so I just added that on to her, you know, her list of things to do. And so I wasn't even thinking about that. So um, I'm definitely <laughs> going to look to my venue. And Ashley was free. So that too. <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, I did the same. Tania was mine as well. So it wasn't as if, yeah, yeah. It, you know, we, we both. Mm-hmm. And that was in the early days, I feel, of wedding content yeah. creation. I feel like it's really mm-hmm. taken a new world, um, especially this year, towards the mm-hmm. end of last year. But yeah, we'll definitely get into that mm-hmm. later yeah, as well. It's definitely growing legs and like becoming its own thing. The one I would pick between venue and content creator, I'd probably be like Tania and find venue. One thing I definitely did after my wedding was posted a video from when I initially went to the venue and just kind of like toured it and posted Mm -hmm. that like on TikTok. And there were several people that were like, oh, I've been meaning to tour this place or like, thank you. Like, this is one of the two venues I'm down to or like, oh, I just booked with them. So I mm-hmm. think honestly, I, I low key wish we there were more videos of like venues beforehand, because I feel like that could eliminate a lot of um, pointless driving and touring. But <laughs> And the fact that, you know, for those of you who work Monday through Friday, nine to five, and don't have a flexible schedule throughout the day, mm-hmm. like I did. You know, a lot of these venues are not open on the weekends. Or they yeah. have so, events. They have weddings. True. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, we had to take off or go during our lunch break. And, you know, Atlanta is, you know, Atlanta is busy. And there's always traffic nowadays, like, no matter what time you, you go. I wish that there were more venues on social media that had, like, that, you know, that you could see, like, the tour, you know, before. Because mm-hmm. that would have been easier on my husband and I. Round two. <laughs> so, also, which would you prefer to find on social media? Your catering company or your DJ? This is a hard one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. My catering company or my DJ? Oh, so, I eat with my eyes, but I can't actually taste it. Or my DJ? I could see how they get a party going, but can they make my party pop? I'm going to go with DJ, what? I think. Yes, I'm going to go with DJ <laughs> simply because, like I said, with the caterer, I totally eat with my eyes. So I want to see the setup and all of that. But if we're talking about for my wedding, where the look will be in the kitchen, really, right? And then how things are plated, I'm going to settle on my DJ. I simply think I can assess more on social media from like how they get the crowd going, what's their, you know, their presence, like how do they MC, you know, were people up and dancing because we want a party, like we want a good party. So, and I recognize that everybody does not need a party, but Alicia needs a party. So (laughs) I'm going to go with DJ final answer. All right. Tania. I am also going to go with the DJ. Although I'm not quite sure how Brandon found our caterer and our our caterer was really good. But yes, I'm going to go with the DJ because like Alicia said, 
Like, I need to know if they can get the crowd jumping or if there are only a few people on the dance floor, is he still playing good music? And so I like the fact that like now a lot of DJs are now on YouTube. And so you can go and watch, you know, either Mm -hmm. like the reception or, or you can just watch them perform. So I'm going to go with with the DJ. That is a good point. I am going to agree with both of you. I'm going to go with DJ. And what I have found is that the DJs don't really like they're on social, but they're not like how planners and photographers are on social where like their stuff is real polished and real put together. It's just like you might get a little clip from the wedding. You seeing everybody on the floor, you seeing the swag surf or you're seeing, you know, like you're seeing the energy. And to me, that's like, okay, okay. This this looks like y'all may be having a good time because that's what I care about. Well, let's dive into this, into these questions, discussing the impact, the social, the the weight of it all and how it has helped us for good and for bad. I think <laughs> we have plenty of examples on both sides, but basically to start as a level set. How has social media changed the way brides and couples plan their wedding? So I think to your point, there are definitely some pros and there are some cons. And we'll start with the good stuff. We'll start with the pros. So one of the things that, you know, social media has afforded everyone is inspiration. There's no shortage of inspiration on Pinterest or TikTok or Instagram or insert the blank. There's tons of inspiration out there. I would say more often than not, I encounter clients who have some idea, some semblance of what they want for their wedding by way of like the look and feel. But that's some of the questions I ask in the the consultation, right? Not that you need to know everything, but like so I can get a sense of what you're looking for. I would say nine times out of 10 folks can answer that question, but there is occasionally the one person who is like, I never (laughs) dreamt of this. I don't know. Um, Like we just know we want it to look nice. I just know we want to have a good party. I know, you know, the food needs to be good or like they'll know what the priority is, but not necessarily what the room needs to look and feel like. And so I think that kind of abundance of, you know, photos and video and all that other stuff is helpful for somebody like that. Both someone who doesn't know what they want and folks who do know. I think one of the things I also hear, like one of the, I don't want to say criticisms, but one of the things that folks don't love about the wedding industry is the lack or the perceived lack of transparency. Like what does this stuff actually cost? Right. I think especially with the rise of wedding talk and other, you know, vendors posting what things actually cost on say Instagram or something like that. I think it's helping to dispel some of that, some of the not myths, but just help people get a sense of like what things actually cost. So it's not, you're not as confused entering the space because Someone somewhere will read a wedding report that says the average wedding costs $38,000 and they'll, you know, walk into this process thinking that's what their hundred 
50, 250 person wedding is going to cost. And you're like, nah, <laughs> no, baby, 38,000 is not going to, unless we're having like a dry wedding, we're only feeding food. Maybe you're getting everything that comes with the venue. Maybe it's possible, but more often than not, the pictures that you're seeing on Instagram, that is not that average budget that you're seeing in this wedding report that's skewed by, you know, super pricey markets like New York, California, Atlanta, and then like the pendulum swings in the opposite direction for like the Midwest where maybe you can do it for, you know, 10 grand, 15 grand, something like that. So anyway, everyone's been sharing their experiences. I feel like I often see brides get on TikTok and say like, this is what it actually cost me or whatever the case may be. So I think it's helping to bring more transparency to the industry. Whereas folks are, you don't necessarily pop on somebody's website and see a sticker price. Whereas like, I might go look for chair on Ikea and I could see the actual cost. You don't know what the cost of photography is or, you know, things like that. So I do think it's helping with transparency. Another, I believe this is, you know, partly why you're in existence, the wedding industry, or at least the face of it has largely been like very white for a very long time. And so I think social media helps us see you know, diversity in lots of aspects, diversity in race, diversity in gender, diversity in body type and ability. And I don't know, just like tons of diversity out there. Like it doesn't look like this one thing. So I think that is a pro that comes from, you know, just how social media is affecting wedding planning, because you get to see yourself if you're not, you know, a slender, white, cisgender, heterosexual female, social media has allowed you to see yourself in ways that it may not have showed up in print magazines in the past and things of that nature. So it's really cool that you get to see yourself reflected because you might not be, you know, a sample size frame. And so you don't know what you're going to look like in this dress or whatever have you, but maybe you see somebody who's plus size. Um, in a dress that you were interested in. And so now you can have an idea of what that might look like on you. If you, you, you mentioned earlier to Nia, like having to take off work to go, you know, to see venues, some folks might have to take off work to go to a fitting or, you know, things of that nature. So I think it just helps people see themselves in a way where, you know, 10 years ago, you didn't necessarily feel like you had that amount of variation. And I think I also hear a lot of folks talk about how difficult wedding planning can feel or like how, how difficult it can be or how isolating it can feel, especially if you don't have folks around you who are also in the same place. So, you know, mm-hmm. some folks find their community online. I mean, a lot of them do. And I'm in a lot of the Facebook groups. Um, so sometimes <laughs> I just, you know, <laughs> when I first started out, I got in all those Facebook groups because I was like, well, what are they talking about? For me, it was a way to help generate ideas for content um, while also answering questions where I could. But I'm still in a lot of those groups. And so... I get to see the camaraderie and there's like a vulnerability that people, you know, sometimes they're like, listen, I need to vent because X, Y, Z and the MOH this and the, you know, FOB that. And if you don't know what I mean, then 
you're probably in a good place. <laughs> but they're like venting and they, you know, they found their community, they found their tribe. And so I think social media helps with that, where you don't feel like you are on an island of one or you're going through this alone. Like there are other people in this same boat that you're in, for lack of a better term. And you can, you know, lean on each other. You can lean on each other for advice. They're like, listen, don't go to this venue or don't let them upcharge you. And we paid for all the bells and whistles and the flowers were trash and the this and the that. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, you know, listen, they're, they're, they're comparing notes and be on your A game at all times (laughs) because you can't hide, not in this digital day and age. Yep. You never know who knows someone. So always be kind (laughs) because you just never know. It's a small, small world. Mouse and being, yeah, it's a super small world and it only gets smaller when you're not nice, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. you're not kind, when you don't deliver on the things that you're supposed to deliver on in a timely fashion. We see and we notice both on the client side and the vendor side, because at the end of the day, I want happy clients. So I am paying attention to not just your product and your pretty, but what's your process? That was a bar, right? Like all those P's. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm paying attention to the process too. Like how did you make, how did you make the client feel? Or how did you make, you know, the process of working with you? Um, like if it's great, bet, let's continue to do business together. Let's, you know, ride off into the sunset. But if it's not great, all right, well, at the end of the night, peace, you know, God bless and Godspeed. <laughs> yeah. Won't be seeing you, you know. Basically. All right. So do you think that social media has influenced the authenticity of weddings? And if so, how? I do think that social media has impacted the authenticity of weddings because sometimes I think people see, one, you have a group of folks who may be easily swayed by what they see on social media and think that they need to replicate that or think that they need to emulate that or think that if my floral budget is not 25K or higher, then I'll never go viral. I'll never get reposted. My wedding won't compare to my friends or dare I say, if you're in the wedding industry, like, for a job, you're like, my, my event has to be at a certain caliber because like my brand is attached to it. Can you tell I've been losing sleep over that? Um, but I do think that there is some pressure attached to just like being perfect or feeling like you need to be perfect, needing to feel like every corner of the room is an Instagrammable moment. And I think that is setting certain expectations that are just really hard to live up to. Not impossible if the budget is never ending, but most of us live in a real world where we don't have an unlimited budget and our number is our number and it needs to be respected. So on the one hand, there's some education that has to happen, right? Like I don't expect anyone who doesn't work in this industry to know exactly what things cost in 2023 because what things cost this year, they didn't cost in 2020 or 2021, right? So some of that is just educating folks and and helping them understand what things actually cost. 
Once you understand that, though, there's another aspect of just being realistic about how far our budget can go. And so one of the things I work with my clients on is just prioritizing. So, okay, give me your top three, you know, partner A, partner B. Hopefully they coincide and we don't have to figure out the top six things, right? But like, give me your top three. Okay, if food is super important and I don't know, you want like, you love flowers. So that needs to be wow. And I don't know, something else like we all talked about wanting to party. So like the the entertainment, let's just say entertainment as a whole, whether it's DJ band or something in between needs to be top notch. Like, okay, so we're going to focus our budget. We're going to emphasize these three items in our budget and they're they're getting priority. But then maybe we can't have a wow moment from like the second we walk through the door, <laughs> like we we have the entrance, that's a wow moment. Then as soon as we get in the door, the vestibule is another wow moment. And then, you know, you got to have fireworks at the ceremony and a violinist and, you know, large gates and extra decor you're bringing in and flowers that are out of season. So now those have to be flown in from somewhere else. And it just all continues to add up. So Anyway, all of that to say, I think there's a pressure that people feel, and your question was about authenticity, it sometimes may move away from the things that truly mean something to you. If you see a trend and you think that you just need to hop on the trend um, and need to incorporate it in your day in a way where it's like this trend doesn't necessarily speak to you like it may speak to someone else. Um, So then it moves away from the authenticity of like a personalized event and experience for you. Like, you know, we just talked about like the pressures and the influences of trends and, you know, comparing your wedding to someone else's, whether you know them, (laughs) you know, whether it's a friend or a family member or someone you've never met. It's amazing how you can feel pressure for your event to stand up to someone who's on another continent. You're in North America, they're in Asia, they're in Europe, they're in Africa, and you feel like your, you know, event, your wedding needs to compete with theirs because you're vying to, you know, be reposted by, you know, some of the faves, the, you know, Munaluchi bride or all, all the all the pages. You you want to get yours up there, so you feel like you have to compete with this person you don't know. You don't know their budget. You don't know how they afforded that, you know, that lavish wedding. And so I think some of it is just, you know, needing to give yourself grace and give yourself permission to not fall in line with everything you see on social media and think about, think less about like trying to do it for the gram and like, what's the purpose? (laughs) Why are we having, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like something as to why am I putting cold sparks? behind um, my first dance? Is that something I need? Mm -hmm. Is that something I want? Maybe it's something you really want, right? This is no shade. I love a good cold spark moment. I I swear. But is it in the budget? (laughs) But is it in the budget? And is it really moving the needle for you two? Like, this really about you? Like, do we, like, am I going to have to trade off, I don't know, an upgraded, well, this is a horrible comparison, but Am I okay? So this is a better comparison. Um, maybe I want to 
maybe I want specialty, I don't know, utensils versus the flatware. Maybe I want specialty flatware versus what comes with the venue. But the trade-off is that like, okay, I can't do my specialty flatware, which I actually care a lot about, if I pull in the cold sparks. Sometimes you have to make the decision as to, and specialty flatware is going to be less of a wow, eye-catching moment on social media, you know, versus like the cold sparks. But what is more important to you? I often hear people talk about like ways to save on budget is to like, cut invitations. It's such a waste of money, blah, blah, blah. But if you care a lot about stationery and the feel of, if you love paper and you love writing and you love, then that's not great advice for you. Like you probably should pay attention and allocate, you know, a decent portion of your budget to invitations. That wouldn't necessarily work for me, but it's about, this gets back to that authenticity. What is going to really speak to you and what is important to you too as a couple. And yeah, I think just in general, people love authenticity. Like that reigns supreme, that always comes through. People gravitate to authenticity. People do not gravitate to copycats. If we've seen it before, we know where we've seen it. And it'll just be like, okay, and you'll scroll right past and it'll, you know, like, oh, that's cool. And you'll keep going. But Things that are unique to you can really stop the scroll, you know, or stop someone in their tracks. Um, so I think being authentic is most important. That makes a lot of sense. That makes me wonder from the couple's perspective, but also from the vendor's perspective, and you touched on this, but how can they both navigate the thin line between imitation and inspiration? So, first of all, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about this. (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think, so let me speak from the vendor's perspective, first and foremost. I think it is our job to have integrity, period. I do not think it is okay to take ideas and just because you, you know, change, maybe you tweak a color or you tweak. I don't know, but we've seen it. You know, I, I, let me speak for myself. I've seen it. I've seen people replicate another, um, creatives, ideas, designs. And I guess because I'm speaking from the planner designer aspect, that's what I'm talking about. It is okay to say, because we talked about like, you know, the Pinterest and the Instagram, it is okay to be moved by, a design and maybe there's like an element that you think is really cool. Like, oh, they had like a really interesting uh, seating chart or display. Like they had a really interesting display. Do not take that idea and replicate it in a different color or, (laughs) you know, like it's just, it's not okay. And I think I don't expect my client and my clients have never done this. So I'm not talking about my own clients, but I I don't expect my clients to come to me with a picture and say, hey, I saw this on Instagram and I think this is great. Can you put a twist on it? I'm not asked. I I don't expect that of them, but I expect the vendor, I'm holding them to a different standard. I just am. I expect Mm -hmm. them to say like, I will never just outright copy somebody's work. That's corny. (laughs) That's whack. Like there's there's really diplomatic ways to say it, but the, the New Yorker in me is like, that's whack. Don't do that. That's it's a clip, right? <laughs> like, just don't do that. Um, because, you know, it's just, I don't know. There's, 
everybody doesn't have to be a designer. You know, we if it's okay if you're a planner and you don't have that creative um, design eye to to separate your work from someone else's. So anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. But I do think it's really important. I said I'll get off my soapbox and then continue to stand on said soapbox. <laughs> I think it's really important to lead with integrity. I have heard, I have not never personally experienced this, but like I said, I belong to a lot of groups. I have heard that sometimes someone, a client may take a proposal from one planner and shop it to the next planner and say, Hey, can you do this for, you know, like, okay, they're saying they could do it for 10 K. Can you do this for five? Not cool, right? But maybe, maybe the client does not know, or, you know, maybe they don't know how whack that is. <laughs> it's your job to tell them in a nice way not to do, like, we, we, I can't do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and for those of you who are planning your weddings, who are listening to this, I'm really a nice person, but don't do that. Like, please, <laughs> please don't do that. Um, because it's just, it's unethical, Right. So some folks have gone as far as to say, like, you know, sometimes I receive proposals on behalf of my clients and, you know, I might have a proposal from a florist or whatever. And they'll like explicitly say on the bottom of the proposal that it's confidential. And, you know, because it's it's um, it's our intellectual property, you know, it's it's proprietary. So please don't share this. Um, and I think maybe if we were more explicit, then maybe people might understand like, OK, that's not OK to, to copy. But um, all of that to say, like, use inspiration for just that. Use it to be inspired um, and add a twist. Like, you know, this in this industry, a lot of things are just done with a twist. It might not be exactly a brand new idea. Every now and again, we do get a brand new idea, right? Like, I remember the first mm-hmm. time I saw the pompous grass in the round on the cliff. Beautiful, beautiful. The very first time I saw it, beautiful. And then we continued to see it for like two more years. And I'm like, all right, we've seen it. <laughs> Let's do something a little different, right? So mm-hmm. it is totally okay to be inspired by an idea and add a twist to it. Um, but just like outright copying, you know, wrote, I think that that is not okay. And One, you shouldn't want to copy something that you've seen somebody else do. But on the other hand, I think should is like a really loaded word. But I would ask that you do not copy something that you've seen somebody do (laughs) outright. Um, Mm -hmm. And as a professional, I'll say should for the professional. You should not do that. You should not even want to do that. Um, Yeah. But people do. And and people will continue to. But hopefully they'll hear this clip. (laughs) And stop. Yeah. Okay. So what are your thoughts on social media as an educational resource? Which I do find that a lot of the girls are doing that. And um, I find it helpful. So, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's, I, in short, I think it's helpful. I used it as a tool to put out education when I first started my business on my own. One, not only to put information out there. Um, it's a way to, you know, generate interest or generate business. And I, so I think it's great. What I would say to the brides or the grooms who are planning their wedding and you are 
getting all of your information from, say, all of your education from, say, TikTok or, I don't know, insert the blank, fact check it. Much like, you know, how we see on Facebook around the time of elections when we start seeing our, you know, aunties and our grandmas share memes and stories and things that may or may not be true, Mm -hmm. definitely have not been fact checked. That's not to say that there is not some valuable education out there that exists. It absolutely does. Um, But I would say like anything else where you would maybe get a second opinion or you would look for another source of research, don't take one piece of information and run with it because it may or may not be true. Like this is from, you know, I'm thinking of an example that comes from like an etiquette standpoint. There was, I come across a TikTok a while back and it just stood out to me. Um, The person was saying like, oh, you have to mail out your invitations. I want to say she said, was it six or eight months? I think she said, mail your invitations out eight months in advance. I was like, eight months? I think she misunderstood it's eight weeks. (laughs) Eight months is really early. Or maybe it was a destination wedding or, or, you know, and you wanted to put the save the day out there really early. But it was like fact, like, um, let's go with eight yeah. months. I'm going to say she said eight. Um, and that's that's just not, you know, I mean, you could send it eight months in advance, but I don't know what I'm doing in eight months. Like, it's just too far out, right? So I yeah. think it's important to, I definitely think social media is a great way to get education out there. Um, not just TikTok, and, but YouTube. There's a lot of information on YouTube. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I joked about being on YouTube University all the time before I started, like just learning things for myself um, from the perspective of a wedding vendor. But I do think that you should double check the information you get and don't just run off with it like, you know, it's golden because it may be wrong. If someone says it with conviction, you will believe it. (laughs) And it may not be true. So I definitely just say, like, make sure that you've heard this piece of advice from at least two places. Chances are it's more accurate. Or ask your vendors. That's another thing. Like maybe you hear something you're not sure. Ask those of us who are in the industry who can say like, oh yes or no, or maybe this was specific to them because X. Um, Mm -hmm. But ask a professional if if you can. That's such a good point. Uh, Yes, especially on Bride Talk, there are so many providing a lot of education that is based off either you didn't really hear that information the right way or (laughs) you were working with a very inexperienced vendor and they told you something and that wasn't really right and now you are saying this as the word and people are running with it and that is problematic there was an example of this happening last year but i can't remember what the girl said. Mm. So anyway, I'm gonna find it later. I'm sure like, this was shared. How many times? I know I see that. I'll be like, this was I shared. Think it was some- right. I think it was something along the lines of like not really needing alterations or something like that. And people were like, why <laughs> did you say that? You know, um, uh-huh. or they'll say something so like, oh, this is how you save money. Tell you don't them call it's not it a wedding, wedding, and it's like, right. It's like, baby, they're going to know it's a wedding and then they're going to charge you for it. And then you're going to be mad and post another video 
because you pretended that this was just a party. Right. Please don't tell your You're in all white. The girls are all wearing certain (laughs) colors. There's groomsmen. There's a cake. (laughs) Like, you're not fooling anyone. And if anything, you could possibly even get sued. Like, don't, don't. Don't play yep. these games. Don't play yep. these games. But I think one one of the reasons why I don't lie, and I know this is like kind of off topic, but one of the reasons why I tell people not to, again, never encountered this personally, but tell people not to pretend that their wedding is just an event or, you know, just a social gathering. Because let's say you reach out to an entertainment company and you're booking a DJ. They will send, you know, like, they'll send their top notch DJ to your wedding versus like someone who might still be cutting their teeth on your backyard barbecue. So you don't <laughs> want the the new guy. I mean, no shade. We all have to start somewhere, right? Like we were all new at some point, but if you have a choice between a seasoned professional versus somebody who's still cutting their teeth, be honest about the fact that you're having a wedding. So you get the seasoned professional who's, a great DJ knows how to read the room, can get the crowd hype. Is also an MC because that is not though DJ and MC are not synonymous. They do not always do the same job. Sometimes you know you get a DJ who just spins and does not MC. So if you tell somebody, "Oh yeah, we're just having a you know a get together at the house," versus like and they sh- they're not dressed, you know, you want someone who's going to show up in a suit or just. Stop it. Stop lying. Don't don't lie. Tell the truth. Tell them you're having a wedding. Yes, you know, you're going to pay for the service that you are looking for, but hopefully you get what you pay for and you, and you get a quality professional who who delivers, who does the job. So, all right. And rant. <laughs> you said cutting their teeth. <laughs> I got that from my grandma, but it's just, you know, this idea that they're, they're green and they're still learning. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, that has to be an old saying. Cause <laughs> Alicia was talking and Martha came out. So shout out to grandma. Martha. <laughs> well, last question. So do you have any advice or parting words for any of our listeners that are planning their wedding? Yes. I would say for the moment, social media aside, I think it's really important to sit down with your partner and get really clear on your pri- your top priority, let's say one or two. Get really clear on what is super important to you as individuals and then what is important to you as a couple. I can't tell you the amount of times I've sat in meetings with folks and you can see the angst, you can see the tension. And I think that wedding planning is a more enjoyable experience if you're both on the same page. So my advice would be to get like really clear on what your priorities are. And that might be going viral on social media. I don't know. But what is most important to you so you can keep that at the forefront? Hopefully it is your union. (laughs) It is the start of your married life together. Inclusive of insert the blank, having a great time with family and friends, you know, maybe your foodies, having like an amazing menu. Maybe you're partiers like 
the rest of us and you want to have an amazing DJ or band or whatever it is. But get really clear on the things that are most important to you because if your budget is not unlimited, you cannot do it all. You just can't. You'll drive yourself crazy trying to do it all, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to emulate everything that we see on social media every day. So get really clear on what's important to you so that at the end of the night, when you've gone through the entire day, you've had your ceremony, you hopefully didn't spend your entire cocktail hour taking pictures and you got a chance to enjoy a little bit of it. You got to sit down and eat your food. Please eat your food. We don't want you passing out. Eat your food <laughs> and you've gotten a chance to enjoy your guests and all of the fun, you know, just activities or interactive experiences you've had for everybody all night. When it's all said and done, you can look back on it with peace. You know, that like one, the planning process of it is over. You've had an amazing time with your family and friends and you're starting this married life together and you hit on what was important to you. Because really, ultimately, we're all coming together, whether we're there for work or we're there for leisure, we're all coming together for you. And so, you know, this is an opportunity to put your love story on display. We can only do that if we get really clear on what your priorities are and not necessarily what is happening in the ethos, you know, that is like this large wedding industry. What is super important to you? Let's focus on that and let's have a good time. And so that would be my advice to folks. Like get really clear on your priorities so that you can feel like you enjoyed your own party and it wasn't just a gathering for everyone else to meet their needs. You, you want to feel like your money and your time and your effort was really well spent when it's all said and done. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for giving us that great advice. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> no problem. All right. So now we're going to move into wedding vendor love. Alicia, who would you like to shout out this week? I'm shouting out Floresque Design, uh, who is Rose Connor. She is a floral designer based out of New York. I am shouting her out because she does an amazing job with florals and candles and just really creating a romantic vibe for her clients, but not just the product. I think she really does a wonderful job with her customer service. I've seen her go above and beyond for clients that we've shared in the past because we've done a few weddings together. Additionally, I am shouting out Films by Jallo. Um, He is both a cinematographer and photographer who serves the like New York tri-state area, but he travels as well. Personally, I love working with him because just the the highlight reels, the full um, wedding video is always amazing, but the highlight reels, they get you hype. Like <laughs> every time I watch one of them, even if it's a wedding I've done, I'm like, this looks like an event I wanted to go to. Um, and so I think like his highlights, they get me hype, you know, um, and our clients always love that. So he does like a phenomenal job with uh, the cinematography, the photography too, but I'm more so highlighting the cinematography. And my final vendor that I'm shouting out 
I'm shouting out DAG images. Uh, so Debbie Jean is a intimate wedding and portrait photographer, also like in the New Jersey, New York area, who does just like a really beautiful job capturing people's love story on film. She is a queer woman of color of Caribbean descent. And so that really comes out in her work. She serves, you know, the entire community, but she really gives special love um, to the queer community, the queer Black community. And so her work is just top notch. Um, She's super dope. And she's just a photographer that I love working with. So those are the vendors I love. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much again, Alicia. Where can the people find you if they want to know more, if they want to inquire about your services? Please plug any and everything you have going on. So for the folks that want to get in touch or, you know, stay in touch, please visit our website. It's 120west.co, not .com, 120west.co. That's spelled out in its entirety. You can start on our website, get to know more about me. Um, When I say our, I do have a team. All of the planning and designing is mostly me, but on the wedding day, I do always come with a team. So you'll always hear me say we, us, our, but you can definitely get in touch via the website, learn more, check out the portfolio, schedule a consultation, all the fun stuff. You can also find me on Instagram at 120westco, not .co this time nice and easy, (laughs) but 120 West Co. on Instagram. Similarly, 120 West Co. on Facebook. I'm active on both of those platforms, sharing content from past weddings, education, inspiration. Those are places where I am. My DMs are open. Slide in. Um, If you want to chat more, schedule a um an opportunity to consult we could just chat for 20 30 minutes if you just have a question or you know something that um, you heard covered on today's episode that you want to talk a little more about i am always open um oh an email you can reach me at hello at 120west.co shoot me an email I'll respond really quick. I'll probably respond quickest (laughs) to the email, but I am active on all the other platforms. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Alicia, again, for coming on. I'm sure all of the people are going to love this episode. So thank you again. And thank you. All right, y'all. We'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is Who I Do Wed, or at Who I Do Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D, on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huidu.com. 
There, you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Hue I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Hue I Do speaks to you. Mm-hmm.